Welcome to episode 133 of the Bobby Cast with Cassie Ashton. You good? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> yeah, hey, let's play a little bit of Cassie Ashton so people can hear. Cassie's still considered a new artist here. This is Taxidermy. And this is uh, California, Missouri. So how do we meet? I guess we met, well, we really met because I was like, hey, I have a friend that I kind of confide in and we talk about music. And I say, hey, I look for artists and then throughout the year in my class of 2018, and it starts in 2018, but it always hangs around for a couple of years. We look for artists to kind of blow up. And a a couple of them from this year have been on, Morgan Evans got a top 10 song, Jimmy Mm -hmm. Allen just got on the verge. And so we always look to the class of 2018 to promote things and I was looking for new artists, and I said, what, who do you know? And he goes, well, her music's not out yet. And I said, I don't take new music that doesn't exist. He goes, yeah. I, I said, I think you should really listen to her. I said, all right. And so they send me, it was like four or five of your songs. Uh-huh. And I heard them, and I was like, man, like she's really good and like soulful. And like I, don't, I didn't get the whole thing yet. I just was hearing it. Yeah. And, uh, and then it turns out we had actually worked out in the same gym. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know that was you. But uh, yeah, that's how that's how we met was somebody going, yeah. hey, I, I think she's really good. And I went, okay, cool. I need to send that guy a gift basket. You don't even know who sure. it is, I don't think, do you? I think someone told me, is Tom Lord? I would not confirm nor deny <laughs> that was. <laughs> but that's how we met. And, and I'm such a fan, such a fan of just your your kind of attitude thanks yeah thank you i really appreciate that i'm just go i'm a fan of your attitude too Mm, i don't know what that is but with you you kind of go like you know when you're in a room oh thanks when you enter a room (laughs) holy cow you know freaking cassie's here i guess it depends on what room i walk into who's in there yeah (laughs) well and then you played the ryman show for us which is awesome i love taxidermy that song i love it too um i'm just trying to think back at history of us yeah i did my first ever radio interview oh like, was it was it on the show was with you is that right yeah and it got like played later than what we did it and there were people like well she did this the other day and you're like hey listen asshole this was actually her first one so like you don't know just yeah. scroll scroll on facebook scroll a little longer how has how the social media been to you i love instagram i love instagram i love the explore page i follow mostly like things that inspire me so that my feed stays artistic and positive and i like twitter because people are sarcastic assholes and that's funny you know you find people that you don't know but you're like you respond to things hilarious and then as far as facebook is concerned like if anybody else wants to take over that for me like i'm cool (laughs) i don't look at our show's facebook page yeah people on facebook i made the mistake you know you're new and you see 30 comments and you're like oh I really want to see, you know, the the nice the nice things on here, you know, so I can reach out to people. No, don't don't do that. Don't read the comments. Yeah, people f- kind of feel like everything's equal and, and they want to actually put the hammer down on you. They don't think that you I I'm convinced they don't think you see it. Like they are just talking into the abyss. That's a good point. I'm convinced that they don't think you're real. Yeah. Meaning agreed. like you're a machine or yeah, something. Yeah, you're just you're a robot. Yeah. And honest to God, 
I'm a human being, and when I read stuff, as as desensitized as I can get, it still goes, oh, that hurts a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there were things on the first, like, two times, and the only two times I read the comments on Facebook, they were mean. Yeah. Like, not just critical, that's cool, critical's fine, everybody's got an opinion, but, like, you had to go down in yourself and really pull, like, the mean out. Like, there was this one comment I got tagged in a picture from Stagecoach. And Stagecoach, it was like 97 degrees outside, right? I'm wearing... In California, yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing a pretty much sports bra and long biker shorts. Like, not... You know, there are girls there that wear, like, pasties and American flag right. swimsuit bottoms. That's right. And there was someone on the comments that was like, her boobs are as fake as her music and there were people like saying that they wanted to they should throw dollar bills at me because i look like insert inappropriate word the boobs and muse the fake boobs and fake music that's a double shot in one sentence it's actually true because my boobs aren't fake and neither is my music so thank you for the (laughs) i'm convinced that i'm sad that people don't have a voice in general they feel they don't have a voice so they have to use their voice to make as much of an impact Mm -hmm. on facebook as possible and it turns out that you only get the most response when you're negative it's a culture thing that i'm not proud that we have yeah um but all that aside you know i i like what you do because it's different i think if you you do anything different you're gonna have so many detractors oh Oh, anything when i came to town it, it was three years before I was even okay to associate with because I was so different, but that's okay because now it's, you know, I've, I've kind of carved out my place Yeah, and this is me, which is much better than the opposite. Yeah. So I always wonder, because here you are now, you're, you're a very new artist. Mm -hmm. I always wonder the process of when you move to town, what steps do you take in order to be seen? And then like, how does a record deal actually happen for someone who moves to town? Because I'm assuming when you moved here, you didn't have a contact at a record label, Mm-mm. and you it's like, hey, just come and we'll sign you up. I didn't even know how to, like, I didn't even know what SoundCloud was. I didn't know how to, anything. Like, I came to town because I went to Belmont. Okay, and so you moved here for college. I moved here for college, and I knew I could sing, and that I was really good on stage, and that was it. What like, do you mean really good on stage? Where did you get that affirmation I've literally been raised on stage, um, you know, beauty pageants, dance competitions, whether it was a gooseneck trailer at the fair to like a big um, theater and I did theater growing up. And so stage is comfortable for me. And like, I am more shy in a room of five people than like a stage with 5,000 people. Like that's, that's my place. So I knew that like, as far as I was concerned, no one at school was going to beat me in that arena. No pun intended. That's what you were naturally good at, and you worked harder at it because you saw yeah. some of the fruits. Yeah. Wow, okay. So you're good. You, you can sing. You can, yeah. You're on stage. But you, and you're in town. What are you studying, though? I got a Bachelor of Music, so commercial voice. So you came and studied singing. Yeah. Wow, I, I wonder what that class is like. It's, is it so competitive of a class? You would think so, but I think, as far as I'm concerned... About half of my graduating class worked, and then the other half, they came from a small pond where they were the biggest fish, and they were like, look, all I have to do is open my mouth and push air through, and like, that's cool. That's all I have to do. And you're like, no. It wasn't that when they got here. You and people really get caught up in the Belmont bubble. Like, they get really concerned about like acapella and like being really good at theory and oral skills and i'm like 
but you don't know who you are as an artist so like you're screwed like if you don't come up with that and you don't kind of get your head out into the real world and look at the marketplace and look at who you actually are then like this degree is going to do nothing for you so you're in school and you're studying vocal Mm -hmm. and you go okay well when i finish i'm just going to stay and sing and are you singing other places while you're in college are you playing any of the little rooms um, I wasn't really, I worked at a karaoke bar at the time every, really? in printer's alley called Lonnie's. I was the karaoke girl, like karaoke DJ every Friday I, I and Saturday. Lived, if you, I, my old place before this one was literally looking down on printer's alley. Okay. I know where you're talking yeah. about those right there yeah. like on church. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that, <laughs> I always felt bad for those people. It was like, so, loud. so loud. And a good thing I, I toured every Friday and Saturday and I would come back on Sunday. So yeah. I would miss the. Oh yeah. Cause that's what it was. But it was crazy. That was there. me down there and you were the karaoke girl yeah so i would i would put in like everyone's requests and then i would sing once an hour and like climb up on the bar and sing redneck woman and all the bachelor and bachelorette parties would go woo, and they give me their money and i bet good you time. would kill it though right <laughs> like people were like oh my god oh, it was fun even the karaoke singers are good in this town right <laughs> because you just like the best part about doing that job is you just actually make fun of people and they laugh with you. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I am kind of bad. And you're like, yeah, get off the stage. How was the money? Good. It was really good. And was it cash? So it's just yeah, cash. Yeah, it's just cash. My accountant aunt wanted to kill me. She's like, what am I supposed, yeah, no, <laughs> what I get am it, I supposed to do? When I would wait tables and they would give you cash, it's just cash. Yeah. You're like, okay, so great. Should yeah. I deposit this or should yeah. I just keep it in a yeah. shoebox in my house? So, yeah, so I was doing those kind of shows. And I honestly, after college, I wanted to get an internship my senior year of college because I'm like, I should just work for a publisher. And then maybe, you know, that will open doors, blah, 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 blah. And so you're not playing out as an artist, though, at this no. point. You're just making money singing, but you're doing it at karaoke bar. Yeah. So you can just pay rent and eat and go to school. Yeah, because I knew, like, if I got distracted away from school for a second, my grandma would kick my ass because she's the reason I went to college because I didn't want to go. She was like, you have to. And so, yeah, I was like, if I don't focus on school, I won't finish. So you stayed and finished school even though you didn't want – I mean, that's all – Yeah. That, that's cool. Thanks. I mean, if you did it for your grandma especially. Yeah. So then, like, almost the – my first semester of senior year rolls around. My best friend were writing, and she's like, you should – are you going to try out for country showcase? Because Belmont has these four large showcases a year that are like in the arena. There's um, a country, a rock, urban pop, and a Christian. And then the winner from each goes the best of the best. And like a bunch of industry people come out and like you get all this cool stuff and you have to have a manager and like it's real life. So the kids who are in audio degrees have to do all the audio and production, so on and so forth. And I was like, uh, no, I mean, do people really get anything out of that? And she's like, you will if you do it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, it feels like a waste to me because I had watched it for three years and nothing happened with any of those people. She's like, just do it. If you do it, you're going to win. And I was like, okay. So we had a week till the deadline and we wrote the two songs I submitted and got them demoed in a week. So the songs had to be original. Yeah. So you wrote these two songs. Did mm-hmm. you feel, though, just take a step back, when you were in this class, did you feel like you actually vocally were in the upper tier of the people in the class? Um, I don't know. Vocally, there were people who were much better than me, like technical-wise. When I first went to Belmont, if you asked me to do one little like riff, like a melisma, I couldn't do that. Like I'd been singing 
Reba and Shania songs my whole life. Like classic country, and that's it. And there were people who, you know, had R&B or church backgrounds, and they could just do whatever with their voice. But as far as knowing who I was as an artist and applying that to a performance and applying that to song choice, I was definitely in the top tier. So you go and it's you write these songs, mm-hmm. and you go and you record these songs, mm-hmm. and you turn them in. Yep. And you have to get accepted to Country Showcase? Y- you have to get accepted. They pick a top ten to do live auditions for like a panel of actual industry people who I'm literally all friends with now. Like they're still in my life. And then they pick the four people for the show. Oh, it's only four people. Yeah. It's only four people in the showcase. Wow. Okay. It was so cool because I got through and I actually got my first two industry dinners from just the 10 people live audition from like that panel before the show even happened, my first publishing offer. So people came to you from just being in the top 10? Yeah, from just the little panel. Laurel Kittleson, who works at Big Machine, was on the panel. And then um, Mark Brown, who works at Round Hill, was on the panel. And those were my first two publishing meetings. So you make the top four. So I I make the show. They ask me to close the show. So that was like a really big deal. And the three other people in the show were like my friends. None of them are vocal majors, by the way. They're all music business majors. I'm the only vocal major. And then I won. And it like blew my mind. So you win. <laughs> yeah. So I win. I've never heard this story. Like, it's and my crazy. best friend's like, my best friend's like, oh, I told you, look, you already have like three publishers like asking for meetings with you. And at this point, I don't know anything. Like, I've been in college for four years, but I just know how to, like, sing and harmonize and, like, improvise and stuff like that. I don't know anything about music business. I'm like, am I supposed to have, like, a manager? I don't really know. And so I take publishing meetings, and then, you know, in town, if one person likes you, everybody likes you. Like, that's just how it happens. You're not cool until you're cool. Then it's really cool to everybody. Then it's yeah. everybody. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter what everybody's actual opinion is if everybody else likes them. Yeah. You've already figured the town out. That's it's crazy. It took ba- me years. It's a yeah. whole bandwagon. So so I get a lot of publishing offers and by the grace of God end up at Creative Nation. Um, literally, my family. Like, if you ask me, like, who are your top five people? Most of them are in that house. And then I still had one semester of college left. Oh, wow. So wait, so hold on a second. So wait, you win the country showcase, but what about when you go to the championship? It, the best of the best. The best of the best. They don't have a winner. Oh, they don't? Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, would you have won that, you think? I, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. I wanted to have a winner, but it didn't. Oh, they didn't have a competition of best no, of the best? Oh. It's just, they're like, you all are all winners. I'm Revisionist like, history. It's bullshit. You, you won. They told you when you left, you were the best. Wow. Okay. So you, uh, after that, after you finished and you win the country showcase, yeah. At, they thought you, people thought you were cool. People were like, "Hey, let's let's do something." Yeah, publishing meetings. But what about per, what about po, where people going? Hey, we think you can sing. You should be an artist. What about outside of publishing? Oh yeah. What yeah. about like a, a development deal? You know, record labels. Were people talking to you there? Yes, they started, and thank God, Beth Laird, who owns Creative Nation, was like, "Nope, she has to finish school. Nope, she has to finish school. She has to write songs. Nope." She was always very, and she still is very protective of we're going to let Cassie be Cassie and no one's going to interfere with that. Like the labels wanted to court me the July of that year. And she was like, no, she graduates in December. You can't have a meeting with her until then. And it's cool that you trusted her this early. Oh yeah. Because that's quick. I mean, and listen, I know Beth too at this point and yeah. Luke, uh, mm-hmm. Luke's been on the podcast. Uh, yeah. So 
Well, but that's a lot of trust early because you're you're 21, 22 years old and yeah, record labels point. are coming to you going, hey, yeah. we want to offer you some money and a deal. Yeah. I mean, you got to say no to that. Yeah. Because it's not like... I, it's not like you come from this super wealthy family. No, not at all. The complete opposite. So, but I did. I mean, still this day, if she said, hey, let's go jump off that cliff, I'd be like, okay, cool. Which cliff, what should I wear to jump? <laughs> so you finished school. So I finished school. I graduate. <laughs> and in the meantime, because of that, we got to write and I literally got to check off like every dream writer I had ever had in my head. And we got... A, little group of five songs and we got photos to go with the songs and essentially like an ep and we're like look beth is like look this is who she is so when you took it to a label you already had a package so they didn't say we think you're this you know what i mean yeah. you already said they no, do that a lot i'm this i'm this and if you don't like it then we shouldn't be talking we can be friends but you know business no way and it worked thank the lord and i spent i graduated I spent the whole next year shopping labels, pretty much. And then at the end of the year, in December, I signed a joint deal between Universal Nashville and Interscope LA. And so when was that? Um, Six, seven months ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, huh? So, so next month will be... No, this year, December, will be two years. I've been graduated for two years. So what about from... When you graduate school until mm -hmm. that year when you finally do decide, like, what do you do in that year? So country labels started, you know, taking meetings and taking me out to dinner and talking. This is what we want to do. Tell us your vision, blah, 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 blah. And my whole life, I just thought of myself as a country artist. Like, that's it. And I always knew I had, like, more soul in my voice than than some because like when Adele and Amy Winehouse and that kind of vibe came on the pop scene back in the day my mom would be like you need to sing that like you can sing that but I was just like I see myself as country and then I got a pop offer like I got a call from a pop label and they wanted to meet me and I was like what like this, this was blowing my mind like that was not an intention we weren't reaching out to pop labels and then one pop offer comes in and then another pop label wants to meet. And then I'm spending the whole year going from here to New York to LA, from here to New York to LA over and over again. And then before I know it, I have like five pop offers, like just as many pop offers as I do country offers. And it's like, what's going on? Like, this is blowing my mind. My dad's having a hard time. Like, pop. Like, what are you talking about? Because, you know, he listens to Jamie Johnson <laughs> and like Hank Sr. And that's it. And I was like, it's a shame I can't do both. Because why, if if these people see me over here, and these people see me over here, and I kind of feel like I'm in the middle, why can't I live in both places? Like, we're all humans. Why does there have to be this big, bold line down the middle of this is listeners over here, and this is listeners over here, and they're separated? And my lawyer was like, well, maybe you can. We could ask. And I was like... I, because, you know, that's the number one thing in life. Always ask. The worst thing that's going to happen is no. Well, I got so lucky they came to me. They paired up and came to me before I could even ask. And that's where the joint venture comes in. Yeah. Interscope the pop label. Yes. And, and UMG and, Nashville. UMG the country. Yep. So what does that mean, though, for your future? Like, let me let me play, play taxidermy again. Let me hear this. Because... You'll be my taxidermy, taxidermy. I mean, this to me sounds like a country song. Yeah, me too. So, 
Like, what does that mean to someone when they go, we think you can do it all? Because I understand the, the uh, you can go a lot of, like, I do, I've been hip-hop, pop, alternative. Yeah. I'm most comfortable in country because my sensibilities are in country. Yeah, of course. But I'm also one where if you look at my phone, like, I've listened to Scorpion from Drake probably the last five days. Me too. Yeah. So I don't think anyone actually fits into the box that they want us to fit in. I think they put us in a box because it's easier to send people to mm-hmm. the defined areas. Yeah. But as someone who's cross genre as myself, yeah. how do they tell you today that you can do both? Like, what kind of, how do you record your music? What do you do? I don't I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's them coming to me being like, let's do both. It's kind of like me going, I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do both. And it's just like, like when I go in a room to write a song, I don't say, okay, I'm going to write, today I'm going to write a country song. Okay, today I'm going to write a pop song. I just try to write a song that I like. And like the groove I like and that feels like me and feels authentic. So like when this album comes together, there's probably going to be like a three or four verse sad ass classic country song. And then there's probably going to be something that sounds so pop slash Amy Winehouse that you're like, but I'm hoping crossing my fingers and my toes and all my hair and every other limb I have that can cross that it all as a project, you hear it and you say, that's Cassie. You can't argue with it. Are you okay with making your art your way and it not being commercially successful if it's your way yes but i would say about instead of like a hundred percent my way i'd be willing to do like okay let's do like 75 25 or like 60 40 you know what i'm saying yeah because listen i you get need it the means to continue on it's doing a what you very love. mature way to think and i've had yes. to learn that the hard way yeah because i was like screw it 100 percent me yeah or nothing but then you Nobody gets by by yeah, themselves. No. So, I'm no. so mature for you, right? You're like 13 <laughs> over here preaching to me. Let me uh, do a commercial for one second. This is yeah. brought to us by LifeLock. Uh, have a drink of water over there. I'm going to talk about okay. uh, cybersecurity. Ah, yes. Uh, people, as we improve our cybersecurity on our computers, thieves are turning back to stealing from mailboxes. It's like old school. We're like making our computers tough and stronger, and they go back to our mailboxes. So, there's so many threats in today's world. One weak link, criminals can get in, they can get your mail, and then know your digital words, your identity. Good thing new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection has the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor transactions at all businesses. But new LifeLock with Norton Security can see threats that you might otherwise miss on your own. Go to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BONES for an additional 10% off your first year. That's the promo code BONES, B-O-N-E-S, for an additional 10% off your first year. I've used LifeLock for a long time. I was partners with LifeLock before they ever came on the radio show or ever came on the podcast. So I would encourage you, just check it out. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code is BONES, and there you have it. All right, we're back. You like that? That would suck. What's that? Getting your like online identity stolen. I've had mine hit hard a few times but i luckily this is not part of the commercial i saw the threat a long time ago yeah so i got lifelock years before they ever became a partner i think they're only a partner because i was a big advocate for them talking so much about it yeah yeah so i've had people open bank accounts up in my name oh my gosh 
Yikes. Like, and, I'm just now starting to deal with, like, phony calls. And I call my business manager, and I'm like, this is what happened. And now I'm getting good at it because I just mouth at the people. And then they get – because they probably see, like, my profile or whatever. They look and be like, yo, she's a 24-year-old girl. She don't know what she's doing. And then I'm like, yeah, I can send this to my business manager and my lawyer if you just – and they're like, oh, don't – What about the blue check? I have a blue check mark. You have a blue check mark. Yes. But the people that don't have blue check marks impersonating you. Is that happening yet? I haven't had that happen yet. Thank the Lord. But I see, like, because I'm on that new Keith Urban song, Drop Top, I have seen so many, like on Twitter specifically, so many fake Keith Urban accounts. Mm -hmm. And, like, some of them will be, like, Keith Urban fan page, like, none, like, blah, blah, blah. But then there are people that legitimately, like, use his same profile picture, have the same bio, and literally just copy whatever his tweet is and put it out. They do that to me, too. and Why? I don't. Like, they, well, here's what I think. Because I've seen... And I think they're foreign for the most part, don't you, Mike? Yeah. Because I, they, yeah. they write in not completely structured yeah. sentences. They yeah. spell favorite with a U sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the European. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, you're my favorite fan. Can I have some money? Or, or it's oh. like... I think... <laughs> It's the scam is always eventually to make something off of it. Yikes. They're not just over there, you know. Yeah. Try, it's not to, to get off for them to just impersonate. There's some means to an end, and some people fall for it. I was reading a story, maybe yesterday, the day before, to the woman that gave like four hundred thousand dollars to that dude. <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, she was dating him. I put finger quotes up. Oh, she never met him. No. And he convinced her to send her life savings, and she did. Oh my god. And so imagine though that you're. One of these spammers, you're just looking for that one. You'll try a thousand yeah, if you like can just super fan. Yeah. if you can just get the one. And so, yeah, people will uh, people that a person in me ask for iTunes gift cards because apparently they can turn that into money. They ask for money. They ask for all kinds. And they'll go and what they'll do too is everybody that I follow, they'll follow or people that message me, they'll go and hit them all up and oh. say this is Bobby's r- real account. This is my account that I like to talk to the fans on. Oh, they'd be like, no. I talk to the fans on my own account. Why, why would I get a second account to do that? that terrible i had i've had two um i've had people like i guess make one fake facebook i mean one fake instagram but they were just like posting pictures of me like they didn't say they were cassie ashton they said they were someone else but they were like using my kind of like a catfish a little bit oh they were using you to get yeah yes they were using their pictures yeah Uh and then i had somebody make a facebook page that was like real friends of cassie ashton and try to like add people on this page and like pretend that it was some like supreme messaging that's like, probably someone just doing it for the attention that 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 one right there that was crazy let me play this song uh keith urban song drop top yeah yeah here you play How does that happen? Okay. This happened before I had music out too. So I am about to fly home for Thanksgiving. I never fly home. I always drive. But we were only going to be there for like two days. So I was like, let's fly. And I fly home. I'm from California, Missouri. Tiny little town for people listening who don't know. And I get an email before I'm about to turn my phone off on the plane. And it's from some weird weird ass email and it's like 
the the subject is urban and it's like hey ka i've got a song like i really want you to hear like you have the right swagger do you want to hear it like and it said ku and i was like no way this is weird like again i'm thinking it's a fake completely fake email because like it was like some stuff grammar wasn't right or like it was just very fast typed you could tell and i was like somebody is pretending to be keith urban that's so rude <laughs> so i screenshot it and i send it to beth and luke and i'm like is this right and and luke was like that's not the email i have for him and i was like man people are weird like that is some extra steps to to be to be a strange human so then um the next morning and i'm like telling my dad because i get home and he's like that's so weird people are weird because it blows his mind every day because like he's been in the same four thousand person town his whole life and so he doesn't think stuff like that really happens and i get a text message from an unknown number and it was like hey i sent keith your email um so check your spam i hope you didn't delete it and i didn't have the number saved so i'm like man somebody's really going <laughs> to links to be weird right now and um i again screenshotted the number and sent it to beth and luke and and beth's like that's cindy mabe you dumbass like she's the one of the heads at umg and i was like oh i should probably i should probably save that so it's like 6 a.m in my dad's shop like where the boat and and it's I stay in the RV in the shop because I like to like be private and I start running around the shop screaming because like it's real right and I text her back and I'm like I got the email I almost deleted it because I thought it was fake and she's like yeah um I'm gonna give him your number if that's okay and I'm like yeah that's okay this was like November of last year and my boyfriend comes out of the camper and he's like what are you doing like why are you screaming so loud are you okay and I was like that email like i can't believe it and so i get a text um later from keith and he's like hey ka like Cindy gave your number like what do you think do you want to hear the song i'll call you in a few and i was like oh shit like my dad lives out on a like 50 acre farm in the middle of nowhere our closest neighbors are like three miles away they're amish like there's nothing out there so that means there's like no cell phone service so i'm like we got to go to town because like if he, calls me, <laughs> if he calls me and i miss it i'm gonna be pissed so i i text him and i'm like hey if i don't answer i'm driving to town just text me i'll call you back so we go in the little grocery store and i have like sunglasses on because i don't want people to try to talk to me and keith urban calls me and i have to be like yo hold on keith urban's calling me like i but i didn't want to sit in my car because that felt weird we had to get stuff anyway and so i'm like sitting in the little deli section of my grocery store and i wait for probably an hour and he doesn't call and i'm like he's keith urban he's busy like he got stuff to do you can sit in this grocery store all day long and so my boy was like come on we should go he'll text you like it's fine so the day goes by and then it's that night and my dad and I and my little brother and my boyfriend, my best friend and her boyfriend are all in the shop like drinking or whatever and Keith texts me and he's like, hey, I'm just trying to call you. And I was like, oh, dad, what do I do? And it's a big like the shop is like a big like aluminum building. And he's like, if you go stand in that doorway right over there and don't move, <laughs> the, the call won't be dropped. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. 
So I go stand in the doorway and I'm like, I swear if I hang up on Keith Urban, I'm going to be so mad. And it'll take like 15 minutes to drive into town. Like this is not right down the road. And so I call him back and he's like, hey, like, so you're really on a farm, like with tractors. And I was like, yep. Like, there's cows. Like, I'm standing in this doorway trying to get cell phone service. Like, if I drop you, I'll drive to town and, and you know, call you back. And so, thank God the call lasted the entire time. He sang to me on the phone. And everybody in the shop's, like, trying to listen in on the call. And I'm trying to close the door behind me so I can get some privacy. Like, leave me alone. I'm trying not to fangirl and, like, squeak when I talk to this guy. And he's singing to me. Just, just go over there. I'll tell you when I get in. And so, he's like... And I was so like honored at how he wasn't expecting me to do it he was like i want to make sure this is on brand for you and i want to make sure that it's right for your artistry because i wouldn't want you to do something that wasn't you know you even if you could sing it and that like meant so much to me because he wasn't just talking to me as like a voice you know that could sing he was looking at me as like an artist and really caring about what i do um, and what I want to portray. And so I'm thinking this can be on McDonald's house farm and I'm going to sing it. <laughs> I don't care what this is. It could be the worst song in the history. I'm seeing the shit out of it. Cause he tells me you sing the entire chorus by yourself. And I was like, what? Like that is mind boggling to me. So he sends me the song. I'm waiting for it to download, you know, because Wi-Fi out there is so damn slow. And I go out in the field away from everyone because I'm like, y'all get out of my business. And I listened to it and I thought it was an amazing song. And it sounded like literally a summer anthem. Like all the drunk girls in the crowd are going to scream this chorus like along with me. So I called him back in the morning and I was like, I'm in like. That's so awesome. And then I, again, ran around the shop just screaming, so excited. Um, that was like a, the biggest early Christmas present ever. There it is. How did he know of you? He went to Cindy Mae, the lady that texted me that is one of the heads at the label, and described what he wanted, and she was like, I got the girl for you. So, I've, I've never told this story, but I feel like well, it's a good share time. Yeah. I, went, I was at Keith's house, and uh-huh. this is pre-the record, and I've tried to, for most of my time here, I've kind of let my guard down a bit lately, but I tried to not have any friends so I could be super objective. If you don't have any friends yeah. that are artists, you can always still have an opinion and not worry about hurting yeah. or really helping. You just want to be honest. Yeah. But uh, I've said before that there are certain people that I've tried to not befriend, but they, they're really good people. So why would you keep someone that's not super awesome out of your life? Yeah. And Keith's one of those guys. And yeah, I, he is. So he calls me and goes, hey, Bobby, come over to the house. And this is way before the record. Mm-hmm. And th- I'm only telling the story because this, this, he had a conversation about this song. Yeah. And he goes, I got, I got Cassie on the song. And I was like, I'm the biggest Cassie fan. I said, <laughs> I was a fan of Cassie before I even knew what Cassie looked like. Like, I only heard her voice and was like, that's different and distinct. Thank you. And I, I, he's like, this, and he was telling me this. He's like, picture this. You're driving to Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> he's like describing this song. He's like, and th- this is what I want. This is the picture I wanted to paint. You're driving to Coachella. It's it, all, all the females are there. And he's like, and then here it is. And he hits the hook of the song and it's your voice right there. Yeah. I was like, Bien! And that was it. And I was like, <laughs> He didn't even have to play the song. I was like, I'm already into it. Like, whatever. He, he He's so into it. I, I walk up to his house. Uh, man, I never told the story before. I walk up, and 
he's I walk in and he, he's in the studio in his house and he's playing drums uh-huh. when I walk up and he's yeah. just in his own world just, yeah. just in on his own Keith Urban island of music he's got yeah. headphones on he's playing drums and he's like I'm so glad you're here and first we talk about life for him and he's like I want to play these songs and so yeah and he gives me this that was the song he gave me the longest story about and then Aww. he's like I think Cassie is so awesome for the song Aww. And I was like, yeah, dude, I think, so, yeah, that's, we, we, had, we had a moment talking about you. Aww, yeah, he, he, he loved you. He's so nice, yeah. and he sends me updates from tour, because he had me, he has all the females that he does duets with, like, do the green screen thing, so we're singing it at the concert, like, on the big screens, and it looks incredible, and that was so cool, because his whole team was so sweet, and so, just the kind of people you'd think Keith would want to work with, like, they're cool and down to earth, and they just want to make cool stuff and he'll send me updates and be like people love this live like it's going over so good and i'm like that's awesome that's literally so awesome and i get so many videos of girls that i don't know like on instagram they dm me or whatever singing the song like in a jeep with like the top down and they're like screaming the song sounds unsafe to me yeah that's all i'm saying <laughs> sounds unsafe to me you you say you did pageants as a kid yeah did you dance like for talent well i don't know but i mean so many of my friends that did any sort of stage as a mm-hmm. kid also learned how to dance? Oh yeah, I was in dance six days a week from oh, the time wow. so I was hardcore, huh? Yeah, from the time I was four to the time I graduated high school. So what was the goal with that? To be better on stage. Okay, so in your mind, so for me, just to relate this, and you can tell me yeah. the same thing. I always did comedy as a kid because eventually I, wa- I knew I wanted to do a late night talk show, television talk show, and I wanted to be so good at comedy that yeah. that was just part of it and it was natural to me. Yeah. Is that why you study dance as part of your bigger, I'm going to be an artist? Yes. And because I, it was a really great way to get emotion out as a kid and I'm a very emotional person. I just like to you don't say. be whatever <laughs> I feel. <laughs> and so that was like a great way to deal with whatever and it was great exercise and i'm kind of a hyperactive human being i have to have something to do and so that's a great way to keep you busy and yeah i wanted to be good on stage were you a good dancer i think so yeah yeah, yeah. i have like because i'm tall and long-limbed like for ballet it was, you are tall i'm five ten without shoes and you have on some extremely high heel shoes today and i'm six foot yeah. tall and you're as tall as i am today yeah some big old pump sneakers you're five ten mm-hmm and it's so funny because, like, my grandma, my grandpa's, like, 6'4", my dad's, like, 6'3", everybody's tall and skinny in my family, but my grandma's, like, 5'4", maybe. And I remember when I was growing up, I was like, I'm going to be 5'10", because all the supermodels were 5'10", and she was like, no, you're going to hit, like, 5'7", and that's it. And I'm like, no, it's bullshit, grandma, I'm going to be 5'10". And I remember the day I hit 5'10", I, like, got to her house, <laughs> I'm like, grandma, I'm 5'10". She's like, are you sure they measured right? I'm like, I'm sure. Look, if you put it out into the universe, you might just... Get you believe you that? Want. You believe putting it out in the universe? You believe that? Um, yeah, as long as you work. If you follow it up with work, yeah. You told me you shot guns competitively. Yes. So what's that about? That was about spending time with my grandpa, mostly. Um, muzzle loaders. It's the one from the Civil War. You know oh, what they say? I used to muzzle load hunt. It was Oh, that's awesome. It was the most obnoxious hunting. Yeah. Because it is. there's muzzle loading there's so season. Much to do. There's so much to do. Yeah. The ball, the powder. I mean yeah. it really is like you're having a Civil War reenactment <laughs> to shoot the one stupid ball. I yes. Know. So you did competitive muzzle loading shooting? Yes, I did. And then you have to throw knives or tomahawks, but I did tomahawks. Which Wait, is what, an what, what is this? The pilgrim contest? <laughs> well actually yes, because at some of them they dress up and you can dress up like as like colonial or is like uh an indian 
and I being a theater kid was like dope. I get to dress up as a character and shoot guns at the same time. Sweet. So did you win ribbons? Yeah. Lots of medals. Were you good? Yes. And I was like pretty much the only girl. But it's because I was steady and I was really graceful from dance. Like holding. You know what I'm saying? Whereas most people would like tense up. And plus I got my first gun when I was like seven. So Yeah, I got mine really early too. So yeah. it, it, a gun was never so much of a, a weapon or like a toy. It was always a tool. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, my grandpa, like, I shot guns competitively for so long. And my grandpa, even if we go shoot now, he acts like it's my first time ever holding a gun. Like, that's how, like, sacred and, like, adult it's, it is. You know what I'm saying? Did you ever take Hunter's Ed? No. You never took Hunter's Education No, I never did. They never made me. My parents didn't make me. We had to to get a hunting license. Mm. So it was part of... But I was awesome because I already knew all the stuff. Yeah. And And you were like, sweet, I got this. I was like, yeah. (laughs) You had to study for the... It's like a driver's test. Like, you kind of know how to drive. Yeah. Because, again, where I grew up, there's nothing. It's a a small town. It's 700 people. Yeah. So you can just drive. And do. And you're a kid. You can drive. Like, no one's going to stop you because who? everybody kind of looks out for everybody in a small yeah, town. Yeah, same. So by the time it was driving time, I was comfortable driving. You just have to study the book, the, the, the written part of the test. Yeah, that was hard for me. I think I failed my first time because of that part. Were you a good student? Yeah. I just talked a lot. Were you different? <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when it came about seventh grade, maybe. What was different about you? Um, Just... I noticed, I think, starting 7th and 8th grade, how clicky everything was and how I felt like people were following other people, and I hate that. And I've always hated inauthentic things or people and kind of fake. And I just wanted to do my own thing because, like, I danced an hour away from home. And, like, beauty patents were hours away from home. And everyone in small towns kind of doing the same thing and I like to watch fashion shows and read magazines and do kind of that so I think it started with clothes more than anything I was experimenting with making clothes and layering weird clothes and you know in middle school that's like the roughest time for a kid I think is middle school and yeah that that's when it started and then it was kind of like okay well if I look different than these people I don't want to be doing the same things they do and it just split ways from there, I guess. So you were the weird... I was the weird kid. Yeah, I was the weird kid. I was... And it makes you push away, too, because you're like, well, if I'm weird, I might as well just fully embrace the fact yeah, that I'm Yeah, I might weird. as well just do whatever the hell I want to. Because yeah. if you're going to talk about me anyway, like I might as well give you something to talk about. And if it's going to suck... Yeah, it might as well be fun for me. Right. I might yeah. as well really do what I want. Because if it's going to yeah. suck anyway... Yeah, exactly. And I'd wear something like just to piss people off. Like I didn't do that because I got beat up. Like com <laughs> like combat boots and a pencil skirt and like a t shirt from Hot Topic and like a chain around my head like a headband. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just to piss people off or six inch heels down the hallway and people would be like, "Who does she think she is?" I'll be like, "Me." Like and you know I was president of the drama club and like dance captain and like a big theater nerd and in choir and you know if you're not wearing blue jeans and Sperry's like you're weird. You really have a sense of who you are. That's cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thank I'm, you. Listen, I'm a big fan, obviously. Thank you. Uh, Cassie Ashton. Here's Taxidermy. Let's play this one again. You'll be my taxidermy, taxidermy. Uh, 
I love this song. Me too. I mean, I love I love how you sing it. I love how you I love the song. I mean, this is Thank you. This song is the jam, man. I love it. Yeah. And you know like as an artist if you love something, if you've had it for like a year and a half, two years and every time it comes on you're like, you yeah. Still feel it. yeah. So what's the deal with with the, with the record like more music? More music. Because right now it's July 17th. People are going to hear this for a long time. So yeah. when are you expecting to kind of put some more stuff out there? So we have a couple more things attached to Taxidermy. Um, and then the next song should come out in like the next like, I'd say like two months tops. Yeah. And then I think they want to do a radio single like first thing next year. What do you do every day now? Like what's, what's, the, what's life like for you right now? Right now it was finishing up like all the new stuff that's about to be out for taxidermy like um, recording like uh like acoustic videos and like stuff like that and we're building brand partnerships like a big thing is brand partnerships right now i have one with bose and i have one with budweiser and i've been doing like a lot of stuff with them and gearing up for the next song pretty much and you know not doing any shows really because they're very concentrated on like the look you know and kind of let's make sure it's right for your brand because i always notice like when somebody i feel like they take whatever they take whatever they're given which is great in some aspect but in another aspect it's like you got to be picky about you know what kind of flavor you are you know what, I don't I'm know what flavor i am I don't know what flavor I am. I said whatever flavor you want to be. It doesn't have to be a pre-existing flavor. You can make that shit up. You know, Fruit Loops. All the flavors are different colors, but they're the same flavor. They taste the same. (laughs) They're not different flavors. Wait, which one? Fruit Loops. All the different colors are the same flavor. That is bullshit. I'm telling you, it's the I don't eat Fruit Loops, so I wouldn't know. Oh well, then don't get so upset about it. (laughs) But that is crap. Listen, I get sit here and talk. We've talked for an hour just about. I get sit here and talk for another hour. I find you. Super compelling. Thank you. Very interesting. Thank you. Wonderful on stage. You're going to be a star. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, and it might not be lot. for three months or, tw- or nine, but you, there's just certain people you look at and you go, oh, it's just, it's not if, it's when. Oh, thank you so much. And that's, as long as you don't like do something stupid in your personal life. Yeah. You know, don't be texting and driving. Yeah. Because that's to. a thing. You'll go to jail and that, that's, oh, yeah. you can hurt somebody. Yeah. Don't be drinking and driving. Don't drive. You know, just quit no. all driving. Stop okay, all driving. you got it. Uber. Yeah. Uber from yeah, now Uber on. Uber from now on. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're going to be a star. We're going to look oh, back and you. go, remember that time that your music wasn't even out? And I was like, that's so good. And then, yeah, look at you. Well, you. as we end this, anything you want to say? Um, Thank you so no, much. No, don't thank me. I don't want to no, do that. No, I, I don't, don't want to do that. Though. I don't. Okay. Okay, go ahead. But thank you for putting me in the class of 2018. And the guy, the mysterious guy who said, yo, this girl, thank you for like just believing in me because I'm still brand spanking new, like not even out of the rapper yet. You know, I don't know. I think you live out of the rapper, man. Every time I've been around (laughs) you, I've been like, man, there's something to her. Well, Cassie Ashton, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming to the house. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. All right, there we go. That is episode 133 with Cassie Ashton. Watch for new music. Uh, you can get California, Missouri, Taxidermy right now. Listen to Keith Urban's song, Drop Top with Cassie on it. And uh, we will, uh, I'll see you around. Huh? Yeah, we'll do around. this. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. I'll see you around. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.